In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A reading from the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 2. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. The Word of the Lord. Was his such an ordinary childhood? Did nothing of significance ever happen? The evangelists record very few details about Jesus' earthly life. Between his birth and his baptism as an adult, we hear, among very few other things, of his circumcision and his naming on the eighth day, his being presented to the Lord in the temple on the fortieth day. But these events were part of every Jewish boy's biography. In fact, if you didn't know any better, you would have mistaken Jesus for just an ordinary boy from Nazareth. His fellow townspeople later did. After teaching in his hometown synagogue, some took offense at Jesus. Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother's name Mary? They refused to recognize Jesus as the promised Christ because they were blinded by his outward appearance. We must admit his appearance was ordinary. It didn't reflect any greatness or dignity. As Isaiah said, there was no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. Even the detail about where he grew up underscored this humility. He lived not in Bethlehem, the town of his birth, the town of David, not in the holy city of Jerusalem in the Jewish land of Judea, but in the ordinary town of Nazareth in Galilee the despised heathen territory. Maybe that's why St. Luke glosses over 30 years of Jesus' life with a simple summary statement, and the child grew and became strong. Maybe there wasn't anything special to report. Maybe those mundane details of childhood years would mar the picture of the Savior that we know and love. But if we look a little closer, we learn that Jesus' earthly life was anything but ordinary and insignificant. Although God chose to reveal very few details, Luke's next phrase is loaded with meaning. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Even in what must have appeared to be nothing more than the regular development of a young boy's life, we see Jesus acting as our servant, our substitute, indeed our Savior. We see Emmanuel, God with us, living for us. Even as an infant, we see Jesus fulfilling every part of the law according to God's command. His circumcision, his being dedicated at the temple, even Mary undergoing the rite of purification, each is evidence of Jesus obeying his heavenly Father's will perfectly in our place. It is no small detail Luke includes when he reports that Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord. God reveals this so that we have hope. Mary and Joseph's son, though above the law in his divinity, was born under the law in his humanity, and thus was in no way exempt from obeying it. And obey it he did, 
flawlessly. That was one of the reasons God's favor was upon him. Jesus was God's Son, who pleased the Father highly and did everything necessary for our salvation. He lived as one of us, and he died for all of us, a death, a shedding of innocent blood that was necessary, ironically, because we, who should have died under the law, could in no other way live, live eternally before our holy God. And so we realize that Jesus' life, even his earthly life, about which we know so little, was anything but ordinary. Every detail was part of God's plan to save us. Jesus grew up, becoming stronger day by day, being filled with wisdom and the grace of God. His mind and soul, which were truly human indeed, grew in strength and in the range of wisdom like others, but in perfection and in power beyond anything that is possible for sinful mortals. Jesus was endowed by the Spirit with wisdom, possessing the right knowledge of God and his plan of salvation and knowing his own relation to it. God's love never turned from him. From his conception onward, he lived in the undiminished light of God's blessed favor. It is impossible for us to fully comprehend the mystery of this development in Jesus, his body and soul untouched by sin. But we know what it means for us. He came to earth to be one of us so that he might save us and we might be one with him. As one of us, he understands our struggles, our pains, the temptations with which we are faced. More importantly, he promises to take them away. In fact, he has secured our victory over them by his death on the cross and resurrection to life everlasting, a life that is ours now, having been buried and risen with Christ in holy baptism, and a life that we will enjoy one day soon in perfect fulfillment. Of course, more amazing things happened during Jesus' early years. God led Matthew to record the accounts of the coming of the Magi, the danger from Herod, and the flight to and return from Egypt. You will hear about those events and their significance throughout this week. Luke's simple summary of Jesus' childhood years leaves us with this truth. Jesus is our Emmanuel, true God and true man, who has fulfilled the law perfectly on our behalf, forgiven our sins, and cloaked us in his righteousness for our salvation. Let us pray. We thank you, Holy Child, Lord Jesus Christ, that you fulfilled the law perfectly in our place. Send your Spirit to fill us with the wisdom only you can give, that we might grow in the knowledge of you and receive God's favor. Amen.